0: Amen. All right. So you got paper and a Bible. Okay. And so I want you guys to pull out that. You got a paper and Bible and a pen every service for a reason. Okay. So, um, I need y'all to use it. Andres, you do me a favor. Go to the, go to the lights for me real quick. I'll tell you when to turn them off. How many of y'all were here with Sunday during the English service? Raise your hand if you're here in the English service on Sunday. All right. it's a handful of y'all. Okay. So, um, we are in a series, you can put your hand down. We're in a series right now, or we're in a series of talks in our main service, in our English service, and we're talking about fellowship, okay? We've been talking about fellowship, and last week we talked a little bit about fellowship, um, but tonight I want to kind of go into that a little bit more. What is fellowship, and why is fellowship so important to us, even to you as a teenager, okay? Even to you as a teenager. Now, I want to read to you a verse In the Bible found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, okay? Write that down on your paper. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, okay? And here's what the Bible says. If you don't have your Bible, if you don't know where it's at, you can follow along on the screens, okay? This is what it says. It says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all, okay? Stay uh, right there for a second, okay? The Bible says that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all, okay? So I want you to use your imagination. Go ahead and turn off those lights, Andres. We're going to use our imagination and pretend that everything up here represents God, okay? God is what? God is what? Light. Light, right? The Bible says that God is light and there is no darkness in him, correct? That's what the Bible says, okay? So God is light, there is no darkness in him, okay? So we understand that, right? God is light, all right? Now, verse six says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Stay right there, okay? It says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Stay there for a second so here's what john is saying in the scripture he's saying this that we're lying if we say we're christians we're lying if we say we have a connection with god we are lying if we say we have fellowship with god but we go on living in spiritual darkness okay if we go on living out here all right that's what john is saying john is saying that god is light. correct isn't that what he said so if God is light, there can be no darkness in him, correct? All right, so the Bible says if we claim we are living in fellowship with God but are living out here, we're lying. We're not practicing the truth. What's spiritual darkness? It's a life of sin. We do things that, that, that we uh, think, say, or do things that go against God's word, okay? And the problem is this. There's a lot of people living here in a life of sin who believe, who are claiming that they have fellowship with God. But what's the problem with that statement, y'all? If I'm out here in the dark, how can I have fellowship with God who is all light? I can't, right? It's impossible. That's why John said, so we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, okay? Now, verse 7 says this. It goes on to say, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us all from sin. So the Bible goes on to say, but if we are living in the light up here, if we are in the light, then guess what? Now we have fellowship with God. Now we have a connection with God. Now we are living with God every single day. You can turn the lights back on, Andres. Why? Because we're no longer living in darkness. We're living in the light. So what is fellowship? Fellowship is living in the light. Quick question. Wake up, everybody. Quick question. What is, who is light? There you go. Okay? There you go. God is light. So if we want to have fellowship with God, we have to live in the light. Is what the Bible says. Now... Here's a, good, here's a good question. Let those last be one more time, okay? Follow me for a second. If I'm out here living in spiritual darkness, if I'm out here living in spiritual darkness, look at me for a second. If I'm out here living in spiritual darkness, how do I go from living here to living in the light? Speak about God. How do I go from here to there? Do what? Do what? Bingo. Amos nailed it. But here's the thing. How, how does that happen? Accepting Jesus as Savior, yes. Here's how that happened, okay? Um, Bree, come here for a second. You're going you're gonna to be someone lost in darkness, okay? She's going she's gonna to stand here as someone lost in darkness. You stand right here for me, okay? Now, I'm going to be quote-unquote God for illustration purposes, okay? Here's how someone can go from living in spiritual darkness to living in the light, okay? Follow me because this is important, all right? Because here's the thing. Every single one of us in this room at one point was in that place. Maybe you are in that place right now, and you're trying to figure out how to get here. Here's the only way possible for someone to be lost in spiritual darkness To be living in the light. Okay, y'all ready? It's just so important. God is what? God left his throne in heaven to come to earth in the form of a man known as Jesus. So God, through his son Jesus, left the light to come to our spiritually dark world. Okay, to pay a bloody price. So that now because he came and conquered this, now we can have access to make a decision to live in the light. See, God had to come to us because we were incapable of coming to him. Thank you, Bree. You can turn the lights back on. Okay. Does that make sense? See, this is why it is a privilege to have fellowship with God. Because God came to us to save us from spiritual darkness so that we could live here. I see one thing that that, uh, that so many young people and adults miss is like, man, fellowship with God is so important. It's a privilege because what God did so that we could have fellowship. So what, what God did so we could go from spiritual darkness to living in the light, okay? And God wants to have fellowship with all of us. But here's the thing. Even though God did what he did for us all, we all have a choice to say, you know what? I will live in the light or I want to continue living in spiritual darkness. It's a choice we all have. Okay, nobody can force you. Not your parents, not me, not nobody. You have to make the decision to say, you know what? I accept what Jesus did for me. And I'm going to choose to accept Jesus and go from dark to light. That's so awesome. When I was 17 years old, I made that decision. I was lost in darkness. I accepted Jesus. And I went from living in dark to light. And there's so many people just like that. Okay? Man, I'd rather live here than out there. You want to know why? Out there, you're lost. You're confused. It feels lonely. Man, it feels like it's hopeless up here in the light. I can see where I'm going. I know I got direction, but most importantly, I know God is with me. Why? Because I made the decision to live in the light. That's what fellowship is. Fellowship is living in the light, and the light is Very good. God is light. Okay. Now, so now that we know what fellowship is, why is it important? Because Jesus paid a price so that we could have fellowship. That's why it's important, okay? Jesus paid the ultimate price so that you and me could live in the light. That's why it's important. That's why it's important. Here's the thing. I said this on Sunday, and I'm going to repeat it again. What bothers me is that we, we sometimes we, there's so many people who don't take advantage of having fellowship with God every single day. We limit our fellowship with God to specific days of the week. Most of the time, Wednesdays and Sundays, right? youth night or church on sunday mornings but the truth is you can live in the light every single day right you can be here every single day and that's what true fellowship is is making the decision to say hey i'm gonna live up here can i tell you something you want to know why i turn those lights off for me one more time it's the last time we'll do this you want to know why a lot of people as, as just be honest you want to know why a lot of people don't want to be up here but why a lot of people want to be out here follow me for a second Wanna well, know why a lot of people want to be out here? Wanna know why? Because you can't see nothing in my life out here. You can't expose all my deep dark secrets. It stays a deep dark secret in the dark, doesn't it? You can't know what my inner thoughts are. You can't know if I'm smiling or laughing. You can't know what my intentions are in spiritual darkness. However, if I come to the light. That's a different thing, huh? You have to humble yourself to live in the light. Thank you, Andres. And let's be honest, there's a lot of people that that's a concern for them. If I come to Jesus, man, yeah. Bring it all to him, okay? Bring it all. And that's the cool thing about God is come with everything. doesn't matter. He wants you here because you know what? He wants to create a new person. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old life is gone And a new life has begun. Okay, so we talked a little bit about a guy by the name of Enoch last week. Okay, and the reason is is because Enoch was a guy who lived in constant fellowship with God for 300 years. That's a long time. That means every single day, Enoch woke up and made the decision to live in the light. Sheesh, 300 years straight. 300 years straight. He walked in such close fellowship with God that one day God said, you know what? You're coming home with me. And the Bible says that Enoch one day was walking and then was gone. God, in a sense, raptured Enoch from this world and took him to heaven with him. Didn't experience death or anything. That's awesome. Okay. But Enoch was a guy who walked and lived in the light. He lived in close fellowship with God. Now, here's a cool thing about Enoch, man. There's so many things you can learn from Enoch's life because can you imagine the joy he had in those 300 years? Can you imagine the peace in difficult situations he had in those 300 years? Can you imagine the comfort in his pain in those 300 years? Doesn't mean he didn't go through things, but he walks in such close fellowship with God that guess what? He was able to get through all those things in those 300 years, okay? Now, from Enoch's life, we learned four benefits of walking in close fellowship with God. And there's one specifically that I want to talk about with y'all real quick, just for a few minutes, okay? Tonight, one of the benefits I really want to talk to you guys about is this. When you walk in close fellowship with God, okay, you have assistance in your weaknesses. You can have assistance in your weakness. Just so I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever been squatting like heavy, heavy reps And you got to the point to where you couldn't come up out of the hole of a squat. Have you ever had some assistance getting up? It's a relief, isn't it? Because, man, there's so much that goes through your mind when you drop into that hole of a squat. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not coming out of this. This was a mistake. Like, what am I doing here? Like, stuff like that. And it's such a relief when you feel the pressure Come, okay, man, you kind of want to turn to your buddies and like, dude, seriously, thank you, because that could have been bad, right? Like it could have been so bad. But it's nice when in your weaknesses, you have somebody there to say, I got you. I'm here. I'm here to help you out. Well, here's the cool thing. When you make the decision to live in the light, when you make a decision to live in close fellowship with God, you can have the same assistance in your weaknesses, and here's the truth: we all got weaknesses. You and I, we all do. Okay, I've shared this many times to y'all. When I was a teenager, a weakness of mine was pornography. Like it was a real weakness of mine. Uh, like it, it had a stronghold on my mind. It had a stronghold on, on on my thoughts throughout the day. Like it was a real weakness of mine. Even into my young adult years. Like it was a really strong weakness. Like. And I tried overcoming it so hard, man. Like, I tried doing all these, and I never could. I never could. Here I was living in spiritual darkness trying to overcome darkness. It don't work like that, you know. The only way I was able to overcome my my weakness was whenever I went from darkness to light. When I came and started fellowshipping with God, okay, God gave me assistance in my weakness. God gave me assistance in my weakness. And you know what? pornography hasn't been an issue for me in years because god gave me assistance in my weakness okay now here's the cool thing god can do the same thing for you i want you to do me a favor on that piece of paper you have okay on that piece of paper i want you to write something for me i want you to write i want you to answer this question for me what is your weakness what's your weakness you not. you're not you don't worry. You're going to keep this to yourself. I'm not asking you to turn it in. I'm not asking you to let your neighbor see it. But what is the weakness that you honestly have? You write on the back so no one can see it and flip it back over. But what's your weakness? Is it what I had? Is it is it lying? Lying's a weakness. Is it anger? Anger is a weakness. Is it stealing? Is it, you know, cheating? What is a weakness you have? OK, write that down. What is your weakness? OK, now here's the next thing. Because this is a real thing. When you find yourself acting on your weakness, and you realize, shoot, I did this again, who do you run to? Where do you run? I wrote it down like this. Where do you turn for assistance in your weakness? It's a great question. That's a great question. Where do you turn for assistance in your weakness? So, for example, my weakness as a teenager, young adult, was pornography. And I remember I would try to turn to some friends who also struggled with pornography, thinking that they could help me. That's the dumbest thing I could have done as a teenager and as a young adult. They weren't going to help me at all in my weakness. They offered no assistance whatsoever. Okay? But the truth is, sometimes we turn to people who are terrible when it comes to assisting us in our weaknesses. Okay, and it's true, we all turn to somebody. We all turn to somebody or we all turn to something. For some teenagers, they turn to video games when they get involved in their weakness as a way to kind of like vent or something. But where do you turn in your weakness, okay? Here's the thing. Just hold on to that. I wrote, some, I wrote uh, five weaknesses that I see in teenagers today. I wrote five that I see in teenagers today. Laziness. Man, laziness is a real weakness for a lot of teenagers in our world today. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4 says this. It says, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. That's what the Bible says. It's so true. Lazy people want everything. They want everything. They want to be rich. They want this, that, whatever, but they're lazy. The Bible is very clear. Lazy people want much but get very little. And the reason is because they don't work hard for it. The Bible says lazy people want much. but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Is laziness your weakness? If it is, I got good news for you. When you live in the light, you have fellowship with God. He can give you assistance in your laziness. He can make you overcome laziness. Okay. Another one I wrote down is impatient. Impatient. Psalms 2714 says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient, be entwined, be in fellowship as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for, you will never, for he, will never, he will never disappoint you. It's true, sometimes in life, we can get impatient with God and we say, you know what, I'm not gonna wait no more. And we kind of just do our own thing. But I love what it says. It says, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. You know, impatience is a real thing. Like, it really is. Um, I was at Subway before I came to church tonight, and there was a lady in front of me, and man, this, this new Subway right here, they only got one employee on staff, right? And so there was two people in front of me, and this poor woman, man, she's doing the best she can, trying to trying to get this sandwich out so you can get to the next person, and this woman in front of me was just not having it. She was like, oh my Like, just kept doing this and was just like, and I get it because I've done it before too, right? I'm like, I mean, especially like, I could have been like that tonight. I'm like, yo, I gotta be at church in a few minutes. Like, let's go, right? But she was being an awe. She was like being impatient like the whole time. You could like see it overflowing in her everyday life, right? But like, impatient can be a weakness because the reason why I say it is because when God is trying to do something in our lives and we are impatient about it, Man, we miss out on what God is trying to do in our lives. We miss out on the ultimate blessing that God wants to do in our lives. And the Bible says, keep on waiting for he will not disappoint you. Okay, he will not disappoint you. Patience is a real weakness for teenagers. Another weakness that I see in teenagers, this one's real selfishness. Man, your generation is pretty selfish. Me first over everybody, Right. Like it, it, it's, it's like that. You think about yourself. You only want to think about yourself. You only want this, that, and like for yourself. Philippians chapter two, verses three through four says this. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Selfishness. If selfishness is a weakness of yours. I got good news for you. When you live in the light and have fellowship with God, God can give you assistance with your selfishness. He can help you. He can give you assistance to not be selfish no more. He really can. He really can. Another weakness I see in teenagers today is being greedy. (laughs) Greediness. All right. I love what Proverbs 28 verse uh, 25 says. It says, greed causes fighting. That's the truth. Greed causes fighting. Y'all remember when the PlayStation 5 first came out and everyone was fighting for them jokers? Boy, that's some greedy people. You want to know? And then they would get them and they would sell them for like $2,000 on the internet. Greedy, man. Greed, see, that's greed right there, okay? Greed causes fighting, but trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. See, today if you find yourself and your weakness is greed, again, I got good news for you. When you make the decision to live in the light and walk in close fellowship with God, he gives you assistance with your greed. He gives you assistance with your greed. Zacchaeus, when Zacchaeus got around Jesus, he went from being a greedy, selfish tax collector to being a giver and someone who uh, repaid everybody he had stole from. Okay? Greed. And the last one I wanted to share really quickly that I see in Teenagers' Weakness I see is aggressiveness. Right. I love what Proverbs fifteen eighteen says. It says a hot temp- a hot tempered person starts fights. A cool tempered person stops them. Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, do not befriend angry people or associate with hot tempered people. Your generation is one of the most aggressive generations I've ever seen. Like, seriously, you got 14, 15, 16 year olds in Lubbock, Texas, killing each other. I've never seen anything like it before. And proud of it, too. Bragging about it on social media like it's some sort of flex. Right? And the reality is, the whole time, the devil's just laughing at your generation because he's like, look at them. I know exactly what, they, what their weaknesses are. I know exactly what it is. And the reality is, aggressiveness, the Bible says, is not a good thing. As a matter of fact, Scripture says that with aggressive people, we shouldn't even be around. We shouldn't befriend them. We shouldn't associate with them. So I would encourage you, like, you know, if, you're, if you know hot-tempered people like that, make sure, hey, look, this is probably not the type of person you want to be around. But what's your weakness, though? That was the question we asked in the beginning. What's your weakness? Okay? What is your weakness? And then I asked, where do you turn for assistance in your weakness? Where do you turn for assistance in your weakness? You know, again, going back to the life of Enoch, I know for a fact, for those 300 years, Enoch walked with God. He had weaknesses. But because he walked with God, he had assistance in his weaknesses. He got help. Okay, I love what the Bible says in Psalm 16, verse eight. I didn't write this one down. So can I see it up here? Psalm 16. Thank you. It says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Listen, when you live in the light, the Lord is right beside you. And when you live in the light and have fellowship with God, you don't have to worry because you know God is always with you every single day. Okay? And here's the thing. That is why fellowship with God is so important, guys. So, so important. God is light. Okay? And God came to spiritual darkness so that we could live here in the light. And there's so many benefits to having fellowship with God, especially having assistance in our weaknesses. Okay? Guys, whatever your weakness is, you know, like I said, you don't have to tell me, but I want you to know something. God already knows what your weakness is. Man, you can have real help and you can have real assistance in your weakness. But the key is, is you have to make a decision to say, I'm going to live in the light. But again, God won't force you. It's got to be your choice, okay? So I'll leave you with that today. I'll leave you with that tonight. What choice will you make? Will you choose to live in the light or will you choose to live in spiritual darkness? Will you choose to live in the light and get assistance in your weakness or will you choose to be hard-hearted and stubborn and live in spiritual darkness and not get any assistance in your weakness? The choice is yours. It always has been, okay? God did his part by coming to us so that we could come to him. Thank you, Lord.